so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. This episode of Weekly Tech is sponsored by The Good Book Company. You can check out their new Talking Point series book on abortion at thegoodbook.com and learn more about how Christians can think biblically, speak wisely, and act compassionately on the complex issue of abortion. Hello, and welcome to Weekly Tech, a new technology podcast focused on navigating this digital age with wisdom. Each Monday, we dive into the most pressing and talked about technology stories in order to keep you up to date and prepared for your week ahead. Weekly Tech is brought to you by the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, and I'm your host, Jason Thacker. Alongside this podcast each Monday morning, you can receive the Weekly Tech newsletter directly in your inbox that's full of links and the story for the week. You can sign up to receive this briefing each Monday morning at jasonthacker.com slash weeklytech. And as always, all of the links that we talk about will be available in the show notes. Today's big story focuses on the recent announcement of the first 20 members of the newly formed Facebook Oversight Board for Content Moderation that came out last week. The initial announcement of this board was made by Mark Zuckerberg back in November of 2018, and Facebook has spent considerable time and money over the last two years developing exactly what this board would look like and how it would function. Last week, the company announced the initial 20 members of this independent board along with the four co-chairs. And today on Weekly Tech, we highlight an article that I wrote last year about what the Facebook board discussions reveal about our own hearts. A quick scroll through your social media feeds or timelines show a lot of the deep scars and pains that exist in today's polarized world. We see cultural divides over politics, specific issues like race and immigration, and often religious liberty issues and religious understandings. These divides often play out in our own little circles where each of us have our own echo chambers or we become tribes of tribes where we have our own little online communities that often reinforce our own personal beliefs. Technologies opened up new possibilities for us to communicate with each other in ways that would never been possible before in the history of the world. We now have instant access to limitless information and also the ability to express our opinions and thoughts online to anyone that will listen or read. We seem to be more connected than any time in our history, but we're also more divided over fundamental beliefs. We're quick to demonize those that disagree with us and hasty to make those issues known. In the last few years, we've seen that it's been really easy to blame big tech for a lot of the societal issues surrounding privacy, free speech, and the lack of civil discourse. But we must remember as Christians that we are the ones engaging in these behaviors online. While these tools do expand our ability to communicate with one another and the opportunity for us to act in various ways, we also must remember that these are symptoms of larger issues that surround our broken hearts and distorted minds. While it's good and helpful to have a lot of these debates over the role of technology in our lives and society, especially these social media tools that have really revolutionized our society and our world, we must not look to corporations or even governments to fix the brokenness that we see all around. 
while corporations and governments and even independent oversight boards like Facebook's announcement have their place in our society, Christians must rightly realize that the root of so many of our social and personal issues is due to the fact that we each have rebelled against our Creator. Rather than loving God and loving our neighbors ourselves, we often treat God as a nice addition to our lives, and we treat our neighbors as burdens and barriers second to our own desires. As Christians seek to move forward in this digital age and in a world that lacks basic civil discourse, we can model for our families and our neighbors what it means to live as Christ ambassadors between the times. Hate speech, bullying, sharing of misinformation, and just online tensions are really not becoming of the people of God. Our conduct online is not hidden because our God does know all things and he will judge us for every careless thought, action, and click. We need to be the first to admit the ways that we have each engaged in these behaviors online and are not honoring our Lord or loving our neighbor. But the good news of the gospel is that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all of this unrighteousness. We need to have open and honest conversation about the tools such as social media that we use each day and the effects that they're having on our public discourse. I applaud Facebook for the last couple years of work that they've had assembling a myriad of voices from around the world in workshops and interview formats to understand more about the brokenness and the divisiveness that we have in our society, especially with the rise of social media. While this content oversight board isn't going to fix all of our problems, it is a healthy step forward in navigating a lot of the issues surrounding free speech and the issues of human dignity in our digital age. But it shouldn't shock the Christian that our society is broken and frayed, and we know that nothing, including an oversight board, is going to change the root cause of our prideful hearts. We each need the saving work of Jesus Christ on the cross to forgive us of our sins and for Christians to live as Christ ambassadors in this digital age. Every week in Weekly Tech, we have what we call the rundown, which is four to five different technology stories that you should be aware of as you prepare for your week ahead. First up is an opinion piece in the New York Times by the co-chairs of the new Facebook Oversight Board that we talked about in the big story. They talk a little bit more about how the Oversight Board will function and how they'll focus on the challenging content issues such as hate speech and harassment in their online digital environment. Next up is a story from Reuters about how Twitter is testing a new feature where it's telling users that their tweet replies may be offensive. With the rise of so much offensive and hurtful language on social media these days, Twitter is venturing into new territory as they're going to warn users that their replies might be offensive or hurtful to other people. This is going to be an interesting test case for Twitter as they seek to balance the issues of free speech as well as protecting people on this social media platform. Next up is a story in the Wall Street Journal about what life might look like as we all head back into our factories and our offices after this coronavirus pandemic. Some are predicting that we'll see increased surveillance where we'll be watched and recorded and maybe even have our body temperatures taken each day as we go into the office. While no one actually knows what life is going to be like after this pandemic, a lot of the questions surrounding surveillance and personal privacy are going to continue to rise. Next up is a really interesting story reported first by BuzzFeed News, where they talk about how a city in India has issued an ultimatum to its citizens that it must download a controversial government surveillance app for coronavirus contact tracing or be punished. BuzzFeed reports that those caught without the app could be facing a fine of 1,000 rupees or about $13 or up to six months in jail. While the government in India claims that this is for public health reasons, a lot of privacy advocates are concerned about what levels of data this controversial app will be collecting. This comes after a lot of nations around the world are starting to test what it would look like to roll out a massive Bluetooth contact tracing in order to contain and slow down the spread of the coronavirus. 
The last story in the rundown this week is a story from The Verge, where Clearview AI is back in the news again. There was considerable controversy surrounding the facial recognition provider Clearview AI when the New York Times broke the story back in January about how the company's data collection processes and relationships with local private companies and law enforcement entities caused a lot of questions surrounding personal privacy in America. But the company has now announced that they're terminating all contracts that involve the state of Illinois. A lot of listeners might not be aware that the state of Illinois has a very stringent privacy law on the books that bars companies like Clearview AI from using facial recognition within their state. I have a feeling this won't be the last time we hear about Clearview AI. Well, that's it for today. I want to thank you for listening and thank you for subscribing to this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and to share these episodes with friends. You can always find show notes as well as the email newsletter version of this podcast at jasonthacker.com slash podcast. And as always, if there's a story you think we should cover or share, please email us at weeklytech at erlc.com. Thank you and have a great week.